What happens at Grandma's stays at Grandma's is a model for you and your grandkids. If it's fun, it's fair game. But lately, hip pain has you grimacing more than laughing. And that's a moment you realize life's too short to put off treatment any longer. The Joint and Spine Center is Cincinnati's leading destination for orthopedic care with hundreds of joint replacements each year. So when a moment has the power to change the rest of your life, go to the one place with the power to change it for the better. The Christ Hospital Health Network. This changes everything. The Pound This Podcast is brought to you by Sway, artfully crafted, ready-to-drink cocktails from Mad Tree Brewing. This is episode 776, listener Q&A with Matt Casey. I want to lose weight, but I don't know how to get started. What should I meal prep every week? How do I get those sweet booty gains? Inspiration for your healthy lifestyle. The Pound This Podcast with Amanda Valentine. What up, homies? Before I get into this fantastic conversation with Matt, answering your questions, got some really good answers in here too. I want to talk to you about Sarah and Team Fit With Me, who has been my health coach since 2020, who's been a part of this podcast for a long time, who's coming to the Pound This Party in Cincinnati in August. I'll get to that in a second. But if you're like, dang it, you know what? I need somebody to help keep me accountable. Maybe teach me more about nutrition, macros, want to know about like what physical activity I should be doing, whether you're goal is weight loss or it's you want to gain strength or you just want to feel better in your own body. Maybe you have issues like PCOS or gut health conditions or hormonal dysfunction. I mispronounced that word, but you know what I meant. Then Sarah can help with all of those things. She has an entire team. Also got to give a shout out to Jeanette, who is her mindset coach, who's also been my mindset coach uh, over the past several months, who is amazing. So Sarah has such a great team behind her. If you're looking for great health coaching, go to teamfitwithme.com slash pound this. When you go there, you'll get 10% off month one of all packages, plans and add on services. And yeah, like I said, Sarah is going to be at the pound this party, which is Saturday, August 6th at Mad Tree Brewing in Cincinnati. Tickets are on sale right now, but tickets will go off sale in August unless it's sold out before then. We'll see what happens. There are limited tickets available. It's going to be uh, an, such an amazing day. It's also my 40th birthday. Oh, oh. So turn up. We're going to be drinking Sways, which is Mad Tree's brand new vodka soda. So not quite the hangover as you're having your normal seltzers, which is fantastic. And they're delicious. So we're going to have drinks. We're going to have food. Your ticket includes a ton of stuff, including free leggings, lunch, your drinks, your snacks. There's going to be so many great speakers there. Rochelle Fravoda is going to be there to talk about sexual health. And of course, we're going to do Q&As with everybody. It's going to be awesome. Lindsay Bonadonna will be there and talking about mental health. Sarah's going to be there talking about nutrition. So it's a day where we're going to like hang out and we're going to do all things wellness, but we're going to have so much freaking fun. It's, I mean, I, I just... I'm just so hyped about it, and I really hope that that you want to come. And if you are traveling from outside of Cincinnati, just shoot me an email. Let me know, and I can help you with accommodations and stuff with like, like that, too. So my email is amanda at amandavalentinebites.com, and you will find the link to get those tickets to the Pound This Party uh, in the show notes. So please, please, please buy a ticket. I really hope I see you there. And I'm going to shut up now and then just talk even more with this conversation with Matt. Here we go. Thank you so much for listening to the Pound This Podcast. I am Amanda Valentine. Joining me again two-time podcaster <laughs> matt casey from trilogy fitness systems how are you hi are you what's the record for most times on a show can uh, I on my show specifically yeah um i know uh at least one person has been on 60 times <laughs> well I've, i got a ways to go 
Well, there's two people that have been on the most. Um, one I counted, one I have not yet, but definitely 60. So, yeah. You're on number two. <laughs> You're just stretching it out. <laughs> Good thing that me and you like to talk a lot then. Damn right. <laughs> so for, for people that may have missed the episode that you were on just a few months ago, uh, tell me about you, who you are, what you do, where you're at, all that stuff before we go into some listener Q&A questions. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt Casey. I own a gym in Cincinnati, Ohio, just outside of kind of the Oakley Hyde Park area for the people who are local. Um, it's a semi-private personal training gym. I am a giant dork that wanted to create a gym space that was kind of designed to tell people who don't typically like gym spaces and then hopefully slowly infect their brain and make them fall in love with deadlifts. That's <laughs> kind of my big mission. Let's talk about cartoons and then do some deadlifts. That's awesome. See, I, I'm like all like, let's talk about that's what she said jokes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> in a different way. And I do want to say before we get into this too. So from the last time that we recorded, um, I came in and I worked out at your gym for mm -hmm. what, like two weeks, something yeah. like that. I did, I did five sessions in, I, I will say I had hesitation because my anxiety around group personal training, like in, in my head, I'm like, Again, just blanket statement, that sounds like a nightmare to me where I'm like, oh, because uh, group fitness stuff, it just gives me anxiety. Not that it's bad of like where I feel like I'm in competition with other people. Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Am I being judged? And so um, after our conversation, I obviously felt like, well, this is a safe space. Plus, I'm always down to try anything anyway. And I'm like, I really, really loved it. I, lo I really, really love the way that you kind of had things structured. And I will say that I did deadlift. I think the heaviest I've ever deadlifted at your gym. And I was only there for like two weeks because I, I for me, even though I, I, you know, technically know what I'm doing, I won't push myself because I do mm -hmm. have injuries. And so I feel just safer having somebody that's there. And it's like, we think you can do this and we're watching you to make sure you're not doing a stupid job. So um, I felt, I definitely felt more sore than I have literally felt in years from working out. Um, we've been in a really good way. Not that soreness is an indicator of a good workout necessarily, yeah. but I could tell that as a, as I was, I pushed myself and other people were, were pushing me and it felt um, I just really, really loved how it, what it felt so good in like such a community. And not only were the trainers, cause you know, there was like what, three or four trainers kind of mm -hmm. roving around. And then there's, you know, all the, everybody else that's kind of working out too, of like everybody was chatting with each other and laughing and joking around. And even like some of the other people that were working out there were like, hi, who are you? You're new. How did you find this place? And like, it was just very refreshing for me. Cause normally like if I'm going to the Y, I'm like, don't talk to me. I have headphones on. Don't on. be creepy. And so this was all, but it was just so like, oh, friendly. And this is exciting. And people are talking to people and people, people notice that I'm there and they're like encouraging and cool. So not only the trainers, but everybody else working out there with, I think speaks volumes about your gym of just like, like you're saying, you wanted to create a community and a space for people that don't necessarily like go into gyms, but like, so not only that, but it just felt so inviting even for me, who's worked literally been an employee of a gym and have worked out in several gyms, but still had anxiety around like, I don't understand what this personal training looks like for me. And I'm just kind of going through the learning process. It was it was really, really, really great. So um, I do want to like say that you're doing an awesome job and you're kicking well, ass you. at what you're doing. So those yeah. things are like the, the community side, the most that you've deadlifted, like all and then 
the fact that it kind of was it beat your expectations. Like all those things just music to my ears. And I think that's what we do a really good job with here, kind of, you know, patting myself on the back, I guess, weirdly, of we do a really good job of kind of meeting people where they are, of yes, you're working on other people, but it's still for you at the same time. So it's kind of a weird hybrid that yeah, once people kind of experience it, it's it's a fun community, it's a fun vibe, and it's 160 of the coolest people in the city, I think, in here. And I just love every one of them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really cool. So I'm excited to like come back and because even just like working out at the Y, uh, I think this is my frustration, again, personal frustration with with a gym, especially like going to the Y. Nothing against the Y. I mean, I, I like the Y. Um um, although I, I think the one that I live the closest to is my probably least favorite one in the city, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's like I can't do any sort of circuits because I like, feel like that's the problem with any sort of bigger gym is because you get mm. up off of a machine or you get up off the bench and somebody's going to gank it. So I hate that like even today there's only two benches available because I'd prefer for myself free weights rather than using machines. And so both there's two benches where you can do there's no other like additional space in this gym. So it's like, okay, well, that kind of ruins my plan. So I'm like, I want to strength train. I don't want to hop on like an elliptical. So I'm going to use machines. And so then I'll have to do complete sets like by just staying on the same machine and doing three or four sets on on like of a leg press and then moving to the next one, do three or four sets there. And I personally don't enjoy that. And I feel like that's just a downside of like those kind of gyms where I'd rather like get up and build a circuit and you know, do a lower body move, upper body move, do some abs and kind of like and, and do it around. But it's like I, it's it's impossible to do it in that atmosphere. So I think it's awesome. Like what, what you're doing, that you can still do that while everybody's kind of doing the same thing, but different at the same time. And nobody's in each other's way and you don't have to worry about any of the equipment being available. And even if it is, people like flip around for you. Um, so I feel like you just have access to a much better workout um, rather than being at the mercy of just what is available. Yeah, it, it takes so much creativity when you're doing it, like like a commercial gym or YMCA kind of thing, to be able to tie those things together. And the next funny little tangent, my morning guys that we train, so group guys have been training early in the morning, and in their workout, I wrote up their last phase, and not thinking, I had a bad combination of things where like all eight of them ended up in the same little area of the gym and one guy was like how do you have all this room and we're all right here and i was like yeah i'm fixing that for next week don't worry <laughs> it's like as soon as i got into that morning i was like oh no what i do well, well they could have all just started like bench pressing each other true yeah right partner work <laughs> yeah it's just body weight exercises with somebody else's body right <laughs> so i do we do get a but we did have a bunch of fitness questions that i want to get to i kind of want to start with some of these food questions first so these questions yeah. are questions that i got based off of my instagram account which you can follow me at you compound this and usually in my stories i'll put little question boxes up there but if anybody listening ever has any sort of questions that you want to hear answered on a podcast especially i really really love people will be like hey do you cover this topic i just got one this past week that really somebody wanted to do a deep dive into PCOS, which is out of my scope. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you for asking that. That is now on on my radar to find somebody, have a guest on this podcast and cover those topics. So if you're ever looking for a topic or just little questions, you can always email me, Amanda at AmandaValentineBites.com. Um, and so these are specifically from Instagram. But the first question, and I think this is, you know, geared towards me specifically, but like we'll, we'll both answer this. And I'm curious to see if you do this or, or not. Of What app do you use to track your food? 
Uh, I personally do not. Um, but we always have our members when we do it. We usually start with just my fitness pal. Okay. It's easy to use. It tracks. People can export it and send it to somebody else. So it's super easy to use. So we typically go my fitness pal. I'm currently, I also really love my fitness pal. I pay for the premium so I can manipulate my macros more. I know Sarah, who's team fit with me, who I talk about a lot on this podcast, she's chronometer. Um, and so she's, that is a little bit more meticulous, gets way into the more grams, a little bit more specific. Um, but I think again, it's personal preference because I hate chronometer and I've really tried using Mm -hmm. it and I just really hate it. And I don't, I hate to be that person that's just kind of like, well, I've always done it this way and I get stuck in my ways, but (laughs) my fitness pal, I feel like is easy. I feel like it's intuitive. Um, I feel like the, it's like a hundred bucks or something like that for the year to, so you can have access to macros. Um, so I, I like that too. I know a lot of people use lose it. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I've heard of that one. The basic answer is just find one and try it and just use one that like gels with how your brain works. I feel like it's almost like Apple versus Android sort of thing of like, just yeah. pick one that works that you understand. <laughs> whatever you're going to do, whatever you enjoy, whatever's easy, roll with it. So that goes into the next question kind of going into, well, yeah, of, well, too goes into macros a little bit what's more important hitting calories or hitting macros what's your opinion uh it depends on level of the person i'm gonna say calories first okay calories the most important thing and then once people kind of get the calorie portion under control then we can start kind of getting the more of the macro side but i think it's easier to go simplicity first for just about all things mm-hmm. so calories come first and then we can start breaking down the macros once you kind of have the portions more in line Okay. I'd say I have a, a little bit more complicated answer with that. I, I mean, I wouldn't say, I can like, uh, which one's more important than the other. I'd say that in general, not counting your macros, oh, no, but you understanding your macros is more important than your calories. Um, yes. So I would say that is the more important thing because you can eat, you know, 2000 calories of ding dongs and you're sticking to your calories and not necessarily understanding what the macros are, which are your, your fats, your proteins and your carbohydrates. So I feel like you don't necessarily have to count the macros. Um, I do feel like if you are in a weight loss mode, you do need to be in some sort of caloric deficit and that doesn't mean 1200 mm-hmm. calories a day. I think that's understanding what your basal, basal metabolic rate is, finding out what your base level calories are and starting from there, which there's counters online, which are just, again, same thing with my fitness pal. You put that in there it's a it's a machine it doesn't know you it doesn't know your body it's a guess and even I think as a person you're still going to kind of guess you don't really know and so you're going to have to be a lot of experimentation to find out where your calorie maintenance is so you can dip into a caloric deficit um so I would say the to have your cal if you're going for a caloric deficit that's important but and you don't want to count your macros, I think the, the general thing, the advice that I give that I feel makes things just more easier is every time you eat, just try to have everything balanced. So you want to mm-hmm. include a protein, a fat, like your avocado oil, your nuts, uh, your any oil, healthy oils, nuts, avocado, stuff like that. Um, and you want to have your carbohydrates. So it's like, think that, you know, you can get into the manipulation of you want to have yep. this much carbs and this much fat and whatever. And that gets complicated. But it's just like every time you eat, you have a balance of those three things and you think of the macros that way. I think that's 
going to give you more success than really kind of stressing out about like every single calorie of the food that you have. And like, so you're, if you're thinking about your macros, you're not really trying to configure how Skittles fit into that. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Those, those uh, people tend to, you go on anywhere and it, some right now, like carbs are villainized, right? Everything's got to go back to keto and low carb and nobody should be eating carbs ever kind of thing. And it's kind of wild, but the balanced plate approach, uh, our friend Emily Mobley, she's in Loveland. I don't know if you know her. Mm-mm. She does great nutrition. She's wonderful. One of the things she always pushes is just the complete plate, exactly what you said. You want the protein, you want a vegetable, you want a carb, you want a fat on every plate. Yeah. I Do think, that and you're going to be okay. And that's where it's like I think that, you know, I, I mean, that we tend to really overcomplicate things especially when it comes to nutrition, because then you go into supplements and you need protein powders. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you don't. Like, if you need more protein and you don't want to just house chicken all day, well, then, like, then you need that. But it's like, there's, like, it's all, you take it down to simplicity of just having yes. those basic things and don't even worry about weighing or measuring or any of that stuff if you're just focusing on having more balance and including those things. And if that's your worry at first and you get that nailed down, and then you can start going into we need to like manipulate this and move this around because it depends on what your your goals are too. Goals so, and preferences. Yeah. It's just kind of like the first one. Is if we have a client who prefers more fat in their diet, we'll kind of tell them, yeah, lower the carbs a little bit, get more fat in your diet. Once they kind of get the kind of the full plate that kind of whole approach going. Yeah. And then if somebody likes more carb, yeah, eat more carbs, do a little bit less fat. So it's just this preference of finding that experimentation of it as they go. Definitely. When I just had somebody ask me, um, well, we were just talking before we started recording how I got some of these questions that I just kind of answered personally instead of bringing this to Mm -hmm. the podcast. And one was just like, she's just getting started and she wants to lose weight and was asking me, how much I focused on calories when I first got started losing weight um, in this round of it, not when I like yo-yo dieted. And I'm like, I didn't count calories for the first year. I'm like, for me, it was the most important to know what the, the most triggering things for me were with that. I had the biggest problem with, which was being self-aware about what was the things that was really messing me up, which was fast food, um, Red Bull <laughs> and soda. <laughs> like I was just drinking no water. I was drinking only like Dr. Pepper and Red Bull all day. And I would just eat just an insane amount of fast food. And so I'm like, these things I don't have a good relationship with. And I can't, I I knew at the time, I'm like, I can't find the balance with that. Like, I know myself. I can't still go to McDonald's and make a better choice. Like, if I'm going to go to McDonald's, my brain tells me, like, well, you're just going to get a Big Mac and fries. I'm not going to go to McDonald's and get a salad. Dumb. And so (laughs) I knew that about myself. So I'm like, I can't really regulate that. I'm like, so I'm just going to say no to that for now. And it was one of those things where it wasn't like, you're not allowed to have this and you're handcuffed away from it. I'm like, I just know that I can't have a healthy relationship with it. So mm-hmm. we're just going to pause for a second until I feel better about it. So that was number one. And the number two was like, I know I'm not drinking water. I'm not eating a damn vegetable or a fruit. And I'm like, how do I just eat more of those? Like, how do I just get that in my face in a way that I don't hate? So, I mean, I just an ungodly amount of stir fry and I would put like the whole bottle of stir fry sauce on it. Not that I would recommend that, but it was like, but that at least got the vegetable in my face where I wasn't doing that at all before. So it was like, okay, how do I stop the things that are super bad? And how do I just start to incorporate slowly some of the things that I know that I need um, or and I want to find a way to, to enjoy 
And so like that was the big focus for me at first. And then when it was like I was kind of plateauing out and I was like, okay, things aren't moving the way that they were. I I have bigger and different goals now. Then it was like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to really start journaling all of this and taking a a deeper dive into it. So and again, that's like that. Not that my journey has to be the same thing as for everybody. But again, like where we overcomplicate it is if we think that I have to just get started and I have to understand how to count macros like I feel like it's just like you show up to like learn how to do you know basic addition and somebody asks you to do like trigonometry you're going to bail you're going to drop that class (laughs) absolutely and that's you said the word that we try to teach everybody here first is that you said you're you you develop that self-awareness of it Mm -hmm. and people don't have the self-awareness they expect people to come in of oh how do I go to step 10 like you're at step one let's go step two first like you said find that awareness and then the other thing is another thing that you did is you put more things through addition right so you found ways to get more vegetables in, to get more of the protein to get more of the good things in even if it wasn't like you said it wasn't perfect to throw the entire thing of stir fry but that's better than the mcdonald's big mac and fries yeah and you're getting more vegetables more nutrients that way and by putting in the good things the bad things tend to kind of trickle out and happen less frequently. So yeah, yeah. self-awareness and then pushing into good things tends to move the needle more for people. And patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens overnight. So one more while we were still here on the food question. Um, somebody's asked, are you supposed to weigh your meat raw or cooked? Does it matter? Uh, whatever you're doing consistently, that's what matters for it. If you're tracking macros, I personally do it cooked. But you can do it either way. Yeah, I agree. And I think that if you are using like my fitness pal, you just put in which one you're doing. Like if you put mm-hmm. chicken cooked, it'll be different than whatever. And like I think that's such a minute thing. Again, unless you're bodybuilding, like I don't yes. really think it matters Doesn't down matter. to like those grams and ounces. Like just in my personal opinion, again, unless you're having very hardcore things. And for me as a meal prepper, weighing things raw is the biggest pain in the ass. Like I, I it, like I don't even it, like I can't my brain can't even do the math. So I, I weigh everything cooked just because it's easiest for me. But like, I guess technically you can again, everybody's on different sides of everything. Um, yeah. I guess if you ask bodybuilders, they say it's better to do raw for whatever reason. But it's like if, if you are if you are at the level where you're having the food that you want to measure and weigh out, like that's already like you're not weighing and measuring out Big Macs. Correct. <laughs> so you're already making a good enough decision, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I guess kind of go while we're still on the weight loss sort of vibe here. Somebody asked, how much cardio should I do for fat loss? Uh, so we push cardio at the gym for heart health and just for general health. It's not needed for fat loss. It helps. It helps kind of move the needle. So when it comes to like fat loss, the hierarchy is nutrition, kind of sleep and stress management. And then we get into weight training and then we get into cardio as like kind of this fourth tier. Mm-hmm. And if it's an inverted pyramid, the sleep and the stress management kind of build this base. And then we do our strength training. And then we do our cardio. So sprinkle it in for heart health, but it's not really necessary if you want to get really technical about it for fat loss. But we always tell people, shoot for about 8,000 steps a day. And then if you can sprinkle in a couple 30-minute cardio sessions in the week, go for it. Awesome. Yeah. I I would 100% agree with that also. And I, I would 
also say like I think that those general daily movement like you said like the 8,000 steps a day like I think that is going to help you far and away more than just worrying about getting on a treadmill or an elliptical yes. or a Peloton ride or anything like that I think that if you're just making sure you make it a daily process to move your body um, and get like and again cardio can be well, it's so crazy how like Walking is so easy and simple and free, but somehow, like, we won't gravitate towards it. Um, but, like, you don't have to have, like, a track or anything crazy. Like, just walk around your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it, and, or, you know, the whole, like, cliche, like, park further back from the parking lot and take the stairs. And, like, that stuff, like, add up, adds up so much more than counting on I'm going to spend a half hour on the elliptical tonight. 100%. So speaking of working out, and I'm switching from cardio to, mus to muscle mass and strength training, somebody says, how long does it take to lose your muscle you've built up if you haven't gone to the gym in a while? Because it feels like two seconds, in my opinion. <laughs> so it feels like two seconds because strength is primarily driven kind of neurologically through the nervous system. So when we get stronger, our muscles learn how to work together to create more force. So a week or two away from the gym, you feel weaker because your muscles are slightly less efficient in that movement pattern. You haven't lost muscle at that point. You're just more inefficient. Um, but after about three weeks of a lot of inactivity is when you're going to start to see some muscle loss. If you're still being active, still walking, still doing things, it slows down significantly. And we saw this a couple of years ago during a lockdown. Like yeah. we had people at home doing just push-ups and some kettlebell swings, and they came back and they were pretty much just as strong a month and a half later when everything reopened for the gym at least. Nice. So three weeks of inactivity, you'll start to see some muscle drop. Like, so at what point do you think that, I mean, I, I know you probably don't know answer this. So I guess we're just like, you know, guessing here. Like at what point do you think that you like lose everything you've built completely? Like, let's say you've been going consistently to the gym for a year, you've been doing strength training and you just like stop because it's a global pandemic and you're not doing that or whatever, or you have, uh, you know, you move, you move to a new city and you, mm -hmm. and you stop everything. Like how long do you think that it takes to just kind of like start you back to where you started again? That's a good question. Speculating wildly. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but that's one of those things where people pick it up pretty quickly. Like we've had people who I've been training now for 14 years so I've had people who kind of fall off the wagon, come back a couple years later, train with us again, and then come back a couple years later for that. Like it happens. And they bounce back way faster than somebody who's a total beginner because mm. their body kind of remembers how to do it. They have enough experience on how to do it, so they bounce back faster. But, I mean, if you're not doing it, you're going to feel those strength and those muscle losses after a few months. Yeah. And I will say just from my, my own experience here that I feel like uh, my own fitness with strength training fell way off from where I was while being a personal trainer. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was very grateful for the daily movement of running around and moving weights for other people. But like as far as my own fitness, that um, really fell off, which was very upsetting for me <laughs> because I'm like, it's that's just something that I have to kind of keep tight on the reins on. Um, and feels is really important to me. So like, even when I came to work out at, at your gym, like I just felt so deconditioned and so rusty and like, it just felt like, even though I still have general movement and I still, you know, uh, still work out to some degree, but not to where I had previously. So it felt like 
it, it just felt it feels uncomfortable to go through that like kicking off the rust phase uh, and so but I feel now where I'm at like a, a month later month month and a half later um, I I just even this morning when I was working out like I feel so much stronger I feel like like again like that bounce back of like oh man I am back to to where mm-hmm. I was and you might not be able to see the definition in my body might not look the same as it was at that at that level but I'm like Okay, so I think just the general consistency and getting past that yuck part where you feel gross and you feel frustrated. Well, I used to be able to do this, and now I'm here, and I suck. And you get past that. Like, it it felt like, yeah, like generally way quicker to kind of come back from it than, um, you know, if you just completely start from from fresh. Yeah, you're just knocking off the ring rust. You know how to do all the stuff. Yes, yeah, way faster. It's just God that like, and that's just like coming back from vacation, and you're like, oh man, I just like you know just ate like garbage mm-hmm. the whole time, and then you come back, and it's like broccoli, and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes you're like, oh yay, I need to eat something fresh, but I think it's like that again, like just you have to just like kind of break through that like seal of anything of like once you get off of like a pattern. Um, I think that's really hard. And then I think the whole trick is just to like stay consistent and try not to veer off track because it's so hard to hop back on. Consistency is the name of the game. For sure. So someone else asked, what are your tips to get started, stay focused for someone with body image issues and self-confidence? I mean, I think this goes back to like we were just saying of, you know, whether we can pick it right back up again or just getting started and being started is the hardest part. So how do you get started if you already very self-conscious of, of yourself? So the, I think it's multiple, there's multiple factors when you're playing to it. I think one is kind of, we talked about earlier, but that self-awareness, right? Kind of, if you're, if this person has never been to the gym before, kind of understanding, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a big learning curve to learn how to do these things. So kind of having an understanding of where you're actually starting from, Second one would be kind of setting up appropriate goals from that point of if you're you know, walking a couple of days, but you've never lifted before, setting a goal of lifting four or five times a week is probably not feasible. But if we can go to two times a week, learn how to do this, great. And then third is finding a place and style that you actually enjoy to make you want to do it. And then the last piece would be kind of focusing on the process of it rather than the end goal of it. When we focus on the process of like kind of learning what our bodies are physically capable of, the people that we have in here that have made the most progress and done the quote unquote coolest thing in the gym, kind of embrace that process. They like training for themselves and see what they're physically capable of doing. And then their confidence tends to improve, their consistency feeds into that self-confidence and we create this upward cycle by starting at the appropriate point, meeting them where they are, and then having a good support system to kind of allow them to fully prosper. So how often have you seen, I mean, you've, how long have you been training for now? Total? Like 14 years. Dang. Okay. So yeah. you have met a lot of people. Tons of people. And then, and so in the course of your career, how often have you seen people that it's, they're, they're starting at the very beginning and they show up to train with you or any space that you've worked in and they have those same issues. Like, well, they're like, I'm here because I want to work on my body image issues and confidence, but I showed up. Like, how do you walk them through that? Or how often does that happen? One. And then 
to like what do you how do you have that conversation initially every day every day it happens <laughs> and it's it's a hard conversation because again it varies for the person so everybody's reason to do it is different everybody's starting points a little bit different everybody's like kind of life setting is a little bit different we recently had a lady today who she started doing weight watchers which it's fine. It works for her in her lifestyle right now. It fits and she's done great with it. And I guess they've changed some of the things that that group does, but she was laughing. She's like, these are all the things that you've been saying like for three years now. I said, yeah. She's like, I have like a little mat in my phone now that just kind of says like, focus on sleep. <laughs> if you like potatoes, you could have a potato. <laughs> like all these things, like, these are all things you've been, and it just finally clicked, yeah. right? It just happened to be phrased a different way. And it finally clicked. She was able to put the two together and she, she's strong. She's like, she does all these awesome things in the gym. And it just takes sometimes a while for those messages to click. Yeah. And I would say too, just like that, you know, like, again, like you said, find the thing that's right for you or where you feel comfortable with. And that's why for me, it was walking like at, mm -hmm. at the time of me getting started, I wasn't comfortable in going to a gym. I had gone to gyms before and I personally didn't enjoy it. Uh, not the places that I was going to, because it wasn't right for me. And uh, so I think I told myself the messaging so much that like, this isn't for me and this isn't the place for me. And, oh, I just don't like exercise. I'm just not into gyms. And I, I was wrong because I'm like, I just didn't like that gym or I didn't like mm -hmm. that scenario. Um, but I'm like, I do like walking and I do like listening to podcasts. So that's kind of just where I started where I'm like, well, I'm going to just start walking and um, at first it was before I got a Fitbit, I would use the like track my run app on my phone. Um, and like at first I would just like walk a mile around my neighborhood. So it, was, it wasn't like I was going bonkers, but it was just like that's more than I ever did. I never went outside at all. So it was like I think it was just like that. And then I think that when you just start doing something and then it builds confidence when you keep mm -hmm. doing it. And then I think that you can progress from there and then you're going to be like, your mind is going to be mo more open to try other things. And also, and I know that this is like cliche to say at this point, but it is super true. And I have to tell myself this because I do get in my own head of like other people are watching and other people are judging that if that is, you know, you're worried about your own body image and going into a, a physical fitness space and you're just like, I don't belong here. Everybody looks like blank or everybody is this strong and I'm not, and I'm going to attract attention to myself. Like as a person who goes to a gym and who is a person who has worked at a gym, I can absolutely tell you no one is paying attention to you. <laughs> that <laughs> like, same theory, that same messaging is going through their brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's just like it, it's yeah, everybody is worried about themselves. And, and even if you are doing something wildly wrong or whatever, like somebody will take notice and then turn away unless you're just again, if you're at a place that's like full of douchebags that are going to film you and throw it on TikTok, then that's not the yeah. place for you. Um, then you're going to find another place if you go somewhere and they do. Uh, and I've heard of places like this, um, unfortunately, several places like this in Cincinnati where people have gone in and been fat shamed um, and by people that are, are quote unquote professionals, um, which I think is completely terrible. Um, but if you go into a place like that and somebody makes you feel like that, like walk right out of there. That is not it's not the place yeah. for you. And it doesn't mean every sort of place that has fitness involved in it is like that. It's like find your place, find what you like. And so unfortunately, 
like any life lesson, you're going to have to go through some bumps in the road before you find the path that's for you. And it'll just make you appreciate it more once you kind of find your community, you find your people, you find the exercise yes. you like after kind of going like you got to know what you don't like before you know what you like sometimes. Um, 100%. So I feel like that's it's one of those things. And sometimes I think you also just got to jump. Like it's, you can't sit there and think about it forever. Cause I know like when I did like my NASM certification, there was, I can't forgot what the whole process was, but they spent multiple chapters on whatever levels of people are at of like the, the contemplation phase of like, uh, you know, you teach yep. fitness. <laughs> so like, um, I don't know. So when you, okay. Side note. So you teach, do you still teach at UC or you're just teaching at Cincinnati State? Uh, just Cincinnati State right now. So do you teach people like through like the NASM or ACE or whatever certification? It's through ACE. Okay. Yeah. I don't and know. And they, if they have, they the have a thing. couple chapters and all that stuff too. And it's funny. Like they, there's a day where one of them was, one of the questions was something like, what's the appropriate way to respond to somebody who wants to talk about fat loss? And then the answer was, you know, how would you like me to talk about fat loss with you? Yeah. And they're all kind of like, you know, they're kids. Like, what's well, like soft? We doing like I was like, no, no, that's meeting them where they are. Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> like, your job is to meet them where they are. Let's say and, soft. What are you supposed to be mean to someone? <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like those soft skills, and I try to teach like those soft skills are what will make you successful in this job. Yeah, because it's like you said, people are more often than not terrified to come into a gym. Yeah. Gyms in the fitness industry notoriously is not the nicest yeah. and not the most open, not the most welcoming to different body sizes and different experience levels. Mm -hmm. And f meeting people where they are and kind of accepting that is vital. Especially when you said that, how do you do that? You, you make the leap, but you also have to then make sure that that leap is not too big. Yeah, exactly. Like That's you perfect. said, walking. Yeah. Great. Do hit a walk every day build up those wins and those those low level wins slowly just it's a snowball going on the hill it just keeps bigger and bigger and bigger and you can do more we were laying here who told me once where she was always scared to do things went to like a little pop-up exercise kind of thing and tried this thing without thinking about it she's like i was a little bit nervous but i just jumped in and said oh i've tried these things at trilogy i can do this here awesome. and like i almost teared up i was like this is the greatest thing ever like this is what we want yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like that's that's perfect. And I just think that the small changes are make such a huge difference. And I, I personally had a, a client too of a woman that came in where she, again, she made the leap where she was telling me she just spun around in her head forever, around and round and round. Mm -hmm. I need to do something. I should do something. I want to do something. And it's like I think you have to just get to that point where you're just like, well, I have to, because then you're gonna look. It's gonna be years later, and it's like you're, you've spent how much time. Sif sitting on it and stewing on it and beating mm -hmm. yourself up because you're not doing it of just doing the thing and so she did so I'm like this is amazing you showed up like you showed up and you're here that's huge and just like even small things for her because she's just kind of like I've like what I've tried to work out before she'll just like go too hard and quit and then I was just showing her of like I was just having her stand up and sit down on the bench I'm like you're squatting and she's like, I'm yeah. like, you're just sitting and you're, you're squatting. And she's like, oh, I'm like, you're exercising right now. It's like you think of like what a squat is, is something that you see like a bodybuilder. You're watching people on Instagram of like 
if you're sitting up and sitting down, you're, you're going into you're a, squat. a squat and you're working your body and you're getting a healthy movement pattern because you need to get up and down off the toilet, don't you? <laughs> and yeah. so and she, it was just like one of those things. She's like, oh, my God, like, why have I been thinking it's this one thing and I can't do it? And I've been so scared to start it. And I'm like, no, like it, it, this is it we're doing it right now and we're talking here and we're joking around and you're squatting and you're standing up and sitting down. And I think it's just, we, again, back to the overcomplication thing of like, it's just those little things. And then once you are squatting on the bench and then like, okay, well, how can we move up? Okay. Now I'm going to do it off of the bench and then, Oh, now let's throw a weight on it. And like how it's just like, and then one day you're going to turn around and look back and be like, Oh my God, like look how far I've come, but it's going to take, time and patience and you're not just going to go like from getting a you know a weight on your back and you're squatting at a rack <laughs> if right, you've yeah. never squatted before <laughs> those consistent small steps go so far definitely and so i think that those things too like again those to build the confidence which will help with the body image issue like where you're going to get just get more and more it's just kind of jumping in and doing something in in a safe space and I, I was talking about building. The next question we have is, how do you recommend building discipline and habits around fitness? And that's a hard one. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, start small. <laughs> also, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> Says a man. <laughs> I always said they always said it didn't matter. <laughs> Those small, well, all right. Well, that's a question one more time. I got sidetracked by trying to think of a follow up to that. How do you, how do you recommend building discipline and habits? Discipline and habits. Yes. Uh, similar to what we said with the last one. Have awareness of where you are, and set small goals, small process based goals. So, there's two types of goals. There's an outcome based goal, and there's process goals. So, outcome based goal is. I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to run a half marathon or I want to do a chin up, right? That's an outcome based goal. It's, it's, it's accomplishing a, an end goal. Process based goals are small things that you can control that help get you to those goals. So it might be eat three servings of vegetables every day. It could be go for a 10 minute walk every day. Things that you can physically control and do are those process goals. So setting small process goals that fit into your routine in life will be the number one thing you can do to kind of help build this consistency. Awesome. And starting small, working for consistency over perfection will help you keep it in day to day because no day is going to be perfect. You're going to have to call audibles all the time. Totally. And I would say too, um, I think this brings, I think everything comes back to self-awareness. Um, mm -hmm. Also knowing what things your like behavior style and what things do feel like rewarding to you and what motivates you to bring you forward so you can be more disciplined like I know for me I like streaks I'm a streaker so I'm like I mm -hmm. like and again if I get, get off of a day it's like whatever you pick it back up again it's a bummer but it's like okay well if I've told myself I am going to go for a walk every single day I'm like okay I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do that for a week and then after I do a week I'm like well can, can I go another week and so I think that kind of builds habits too. That's for me. And that's my own personal thing of like, I just like to be like, can I, I'm going to give myself this time frame, and I'm going to do it every day for then. And then I'm like, okay, well I, I did that. So yay, I got it. 
well, can I keep going? And sometimes it's like, I don't want to. This thing sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. That's not for mm-hmm. me. And other times it is a streak. Um, so I feel like that's a motivator. Or I know for like a lot of people, too, you know, you want to have that reward sort of thing of like, hey, I showed up every day to the gym for a month or, hey, I lost five pounds if, the, if you want to be focused on the weight thing or, or whatever it is or I PR'd. So mm-hmm. when I do blank, I will, you know, I'm going to go buy myself a new pair of leggings or I'm going to go get my hair done or I'm going to yeah. do like something as like, are you reward based like that too? I would highly recommend not making food rewards in those scenarios. But it's like if you know yourself well enough to be like, what kind of drives me? in other aspects of my life can it can i give myself those little rewards along the way so it just doesn't feel like this endless grind till i die i'm kind of sprinkling in some fun things in there too um and so i feel like again that that's my style too so i know that's not for everybody but i think it's just kind of pulling back and be like what kind of things are drivers and and move me forward and like i know for me with the streaks it's been now 10 and a half years since I've had fast food um, or soda. That's <laughs> like incredible. I said, that's what I started with. Like, and again, that's intense and I would never expect that for anybody. Cause remember I, I started this conversation by saying, I, I'm going to pause on this until I can have a healthy relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely at a place where I can have a healthy relationship with it now, but I've realized in this process, I'm like, I don't need it. Like I don't need fast food in my life. Like there's times where I'm really hungry, but I know how to go into a gas station and find something that's more suited for me or be prepared. Like there's, I mean, I've lived 10 and a half years and I travel a lot and I, I do a lot of things and I found workarounds around that, that I don't need to go to McDonald's for me personally. So I, but in those moments where it's like, oh my God, it'd be so easy to go do this right now. For me, it pulls me back of like, do you really want to, knock out 10 and a Mm -hmm. half years to get the Mexican pizza Taco Bell. Is that Mexican pizza really going to be worth the feeling of giving up 10 and a half years of not eating Mm -hmm. Taco Bell? And it's like, no, I can imagine. I've had it before. I can imagine what that tastes like is. Then I feel like having those sorts of things for me helps you like balance and keep you stay on track too. Cause I think there's sometimes where it's like, yeah, this is worth it. Like do it. But like in those scenarios, I'm like, man, I've been doing this for X amount of time now or I'm, I'm working towards this goal. How will I feel about myself mentally and physically if I if I give up on that for this? Is the is the risk reward worth it? And so I feel like those things help me stay more disciplined and keep me on track. The, uh, we have a consistency tracker at the gym that we give to our members. And this is, they track down how many hours they're sleeping. Did they eat kind of like three complete balanced plates every day? Um, did they did they get any steps in? Did they do any structured exercise that day? And people love just like putting a little X yeah. on each box all the way down. They like their completed sheets. Yeah. So those streak things are really helpful for people. It feels really good to have like a little red X on each of those things to fill out that sheet at the end of the month. And then the last one, accountability buddies. Like if you're doing it with a friend, doing like the accountability of just a friend or partner or something helping you along the way goes a goes a long way with all that too. Yeah, well, I think that's also you know the reason why some people, not all, uh, have personal trainers because it's like you have that like one, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. Um, yeah. So you're you have the money attachment to it, and then you have somebody that you're going to have to like tell you're going to have to call or text or email Mm -hmm. or whatever and be like i'm not making it 
Um, and if you do that on a regular basis, like, you know, you're, you have somebody that's attached to that outcome. Um, so I feel like that does work well for a, a lot of people, but other people just like don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, right. so it's like, again, you know, know your own style. But I feel like if you don't have like that, a, a, that buddy that wants to do things with you, like when you have like a coach or somewhere you want to be, or even if it's just like you have not even a trainer, like I know I go to this class at this time. I have a calendar thing. It's not just like, well, I'll work out when I feel like it sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, then I feel like that also kind of keeps you reined into um, staying consistent. 100. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to our last question, which is how do you know the difference between working out hard and pushing it too hard in the gym? Ooh, that's a good one. That's more of the, it's the same kind of that similar experimentation, right? Where it's, you want to make sure you're progressing properly. You're doing the right level to meet you. You want to feel the workout, but you don't want to be debilitated by it. Yeah, because if you work out once a week and you you know balls to the wall go all out kind of thing and you're going crazy in the gym, but you can't go for a walk for the next two days or you can't sit down, you probably went a little too far because you want to be able to again keep this consistent action. Yeah. So in our gym, the way we structure the workouts, we can't, we want people to push basically two exercises every time they come into the gym. We have our main we have a main strength push where right now it's kind of single leg squat variations and um, dumbbell bench presses on this day. So we want them to push those two pretty hard. And then the other ones, we go 70%. Push it a little bit, but feel good with it. And that's enough that they're going to build muscle. They're going to do all the things they want to do without being debilitated by it. So feel it, but be able to function the next day still. Okay. So like, I guess, um, I mean, this ties into, I actually had a friend ask me this question and I didn't have time to give it to you ahead of time about the soreness thing. Or she even specifically asked, so it's like, what level of soreness can I still train under? So it's like, I'm sore. Again, obviously, if you're debilitated, that means like if you're having a hard time getting up on off the toilet like that, you should chill. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's like you don't want to be like, you know, you're you need a walker to function. But so it's like, obviously, that's too far. But like, where mm-hmm. is still like a level of soreness where you're like, uh, should I still go to the gym and work out or should I sit this one out today? I think you can, you can go through a fair amount of soreness and still work out in the gym. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hit the same pattern over and over again. So if, if all you're doing is like push-ups and dumbbell bench press kind of thing, you're only working your chest and your shoulders all the time. Yeah. Over time, that's going to cause an issue. But if you're structuring your week and you're doing different muscles or different movements, and you're sore from your lunges, yeah, you can still go in and do your deadlifts. You can still go in and do your pull-ups or your, you know, your machine rows, whatever your exercise you're doing. So I think you can still work through a fair amount of soreness as long as you're not repeating the same thing over and over and over again. I agree. I would and you'll tend to feel better. Yeah, I, I, it works it out fast. It's like you're not as sore as long. And I think yeah. that's also one of the things, too, of like at least if you're questioning it and you go and you start warming up, and start doing some like movement and not even necessarily going into a whole set of stretches. But if you're just like moving around and getting active and like, then you're still that sore, even after kind of like, you know, heating it up a little bit and then probably maybe it's too much. (laughs) Like, but if it's like, Oh, like once I get moving, this feels better then you could probably still just, you know, get after it. And then it, it does feel better. Like I know, again, like I told you, like when I was, coming to trilogy 
because I deadlifted harder than I like deadlifts have always been a problem for me. So like when I started with a personal trainer in 2018, I was physically unable to do a deadlift. Like it would like kick my knees out and I would be in, it would be too much pain that I couldn't even do a deadlift. So the point that where I am now where I'm not only can do them, but I'm like lifting heavier and heavier. Um, and I hadn't done that in a while. Like I was pretty sore. Like I, I was yeah. really, I was pretty sore from that because it's something that I don't really push myself on in the first place. Cause I have a lot of fear around it, but it was like, not so much that I'm like, I, after I warmed up that I couldn't do something else, but it's like, yeah, this sucks. And I'm, I'm definitely feeling it coming up and downstairs. But like once I move around, like then it felt good and it felt so much better and eased up after that. But it's like also like that good sore where I'm like, OK, and I'm like, yeah, like I, I'm working it. I'm it's so hard for me to feel my glutes and like my glutes were like on fire. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like I'm like this is awesome. And that just kind of pushed me to do it more. But it's like also you're not going to do more if you don't rest it. And I think that's I mean, this is another topic and another question um, of like how much like rest periods to do in between like sets and workouts, because it's like how so many people feels like they either they dink off way too much mm -hmm. um, in between sets or they just want to just rush to the next thing over and over and over again and not actually rest where it's like, well, you're not even you're you need that in order to get the achieve the, uh, you know, the, the result that you want. Like you have to just chill out for 90 seconds. Come on, calm yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. Take 90 seconds to catch breath, take a lap around the gym and come back to your set. Yeah. Right. I, you need to way. have that recovery time in between things. And that's a very hard, the, the gym bros is want to text and tweet the entire time. Yeah. You're telling them, all right, you don't need to wait seven minutes between your set. You're not an Olympic athlete here. And then you have other people who refuse to take 10 seconds. Like just catch your breath. I'm gonna give you 10 more pounds to force you to slow down because yeah. you're fine. Like you can do this. Yeah. I, so. I, I tend to do that. Well, I, I don't do it as much when I'm by myself, but with somebody else, for some reason I want to go faster. And I don't know if it's like, again, if it's psychological of like, don't seem weak or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I, I catch myself doing it. I don't even realize like I'm doing it intentionally, but like I, I will definitely move it along much faster for some reason. But if I'm training by myself, I'll give myself like a minute. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's, that's a neurological thing, I guess. Yeah. I think it's that accountability side. It's like, Oh, they're watching. This is here. I need to do this. I need to go more. I can show them I can do this. Yeah. It's this I weird. Like, yeah, I guess. Or just like, I think it also goes into a lot too with other, with people of like, I'm just trying to get this over with. So if that's I, if said. I crank, <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> What a bad experience that you just want it over with. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You're bringing in all these in. horrible in scenarios. I had to drop one in. <laughs> Man, get it over with. It's, it's, it's small enough. I just want to go home. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow, your poor wife. <laughs> Lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> how do people come to your gym? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that really threw you off there. <laughs> All right. Dick jokes aside. <laughs> 
So if somebody is in Cincinnati, like, well, how do they get in touch with you? Work out at your gym. Yeah, it's <laughs> trilogyfitnesssystem.com. Uh, we've got a little email form there people can jump onto. Uh, my email is just matt, M-A-T-T, at trilogyfitnesssystems.com. And, yeah, people have questions. They want to shoot me direct questions. Yeah, send them my way. We will answer whatever we can for people. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> With Anything minimal dick jokes included. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, you, they're there. You have to take Yeah, them. exactly. <laughs> well, sometimes you shouldn't. I think you just learned that lesson. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to beat you up here. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I really appreciate, uh, you know, your feedback on all of these questions. And, yeah, if you want to come back, you got a long road to 60, man. So I will try to climb that mountain. <laughs> awesome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. AmandaValentineBites.com.